This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses from all over the world who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Hi, everybody. My name is Tanya Friedman, and I am your host. I'm the CEO of Kinetics USA, and I have with me an esteemed panel. We have Jillian. Hi, well, hi, Jillian. Welcome. Hi, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Great to see you, Jillian. We also have Cornelia. Hi, Cornelia. Welcome. Hi, Miss Tanya. Hi, everybody. Hi, nice to see you. And last but not least, we have Holly. Welcome, Holly. Good morning. Today, um, we have a very interesting show. Our topic is clinical differences in the U.S. as opposed to overseas. And we're going to be talking about a lot of very interesting items that are really important for nurses to know about before they come and live and work in the United States. So we're going to be talking about what some of those clinical differences are. We're also going to be talking about uh, orientation, what a nurse could or should expect from an orientation in the United States. We're going to be talking about on-the-job training. We're going to be talking about uh, technology. We're going to be talking about cultural differences. We're going to be talking about culture shock. So a lot of very important topics for any nurse anywhere in the world who is planning or wanting to come to live and work in the United States and to learn what it is that you can expect. So let's get started. I'd like to start off by having our panel introduce themselves and give us a little bit of background. And I think let's start off with Cornelia. Go ahead and Cornelia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I came here March of 2021 through Kinetics. Um, I've been working for more than a year now here in California as an RN. I came from the Philippines. I worked in one of the biggest hospitals there. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Cornelia, um, was the U.S. I know we're going to dig in a few minutes. We're going to dig deeper into the clinical differences, but just overall, what was this experience like for you? It was a very, a very beautiful experience for me. Life-changing experience. So many challenges that I was able to overcome. So far, it's been good. Okay, good. Well, we love to hear that. And we're going to move now to Jillian. Jillian, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. So I actually came from Trinidad and Tobago in the Southern Caribbean. And, you know, you're hearing my accent. <laughs> you know, I'm not from the U.S. Um, but my story is almost identical to many of our nurses out there who are listening in where, you know, I wanted to come just for a chance at a better career here in the U.S., um, better life for my family. So I made the move. Um, it's about 17 years now uh, since I've been here. And just like those of you out there, I wanted to come. I started my assignment and been through, I've been through so many changes because it's so very different from other parts of the world here. So it's, it's been great and I've never regretted it. Well, we, we love that you've had many years of experience in the US, Jillian, and also bringing a different perspective to Cornelia because, you know, we talk about international nurses, but it depends where you come from 
um, and your background, how you're going to adapt and adjust to life in America. Jillian, tell us a little bit about your role right now and what you do. So right now, I'm the Senior Director for Clinical Services, one of the Senior Directors for Clinical Services at AMN Healthcare. And um, as you know, we also have international nurses come into the U.S. Um, so at AMN Healthcare, I have a team of clinical managers and we provide clinical support to our nurses before they come to the US. And while they're here, we provide support to them as well. So the goal is to help them to be successful in their transition to US practice. Thank you, Jillian. And I think that's gonna really give a, a great um, additional kind of edge to, the, to this conversation because Jillian has been on both sides of the fence. She's come in as an international nurse, so had that experience, the same as Cornelia, but is now on the education side for AMN. Um, and uh, so we're really excited to pick your brains, Jillian, uh, and for you to help international nurses that are watching all over the world today, um, both in the fora as well as on the Kinetics USA page onwards and upwards, um, you know, learning about your experience and what to expect and, and how to prepare. Last but not least, we want to welcome Holly. Welcome, Holly. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I am also a nurse by background. However, I've not practiced overseas. I've been a patient in the Philippines, if that helps. So um, <laughs> that was interesting experience. Um, but I, um, I grew up um, in the Central Florida area and spent most of my nursing career there. I've been a nurse for 20 years. I've been a preceptor for many, um, many nurses from overseas from all different countries and backgrounds. And I've always found it fascinating to learn not just how what we do is different, but some of the great things that are done overseas that maybe we can take and learn from here. So I like an exchange of information. That's why I'm really excited about this particular session. And um, currently I work with Kinetics as their clinical educator. So some of the nurses who are on our programs will hear from me in relation to transitional modules, NCLEX programs, um, when they're on assignment, sometimes I serve as a resource. I work with our facilities that we partner with when we're having some of our nurses go to um, start work there and help figure out um, what are some of the best practices that can help a nurse be set up for success when they have no U.S. experience. Of course, there's so much more than just the clinical that's going to impact your transition into the U.S., but we know that if you're aware and you're more prepared that you stand a better chance of surviving that transition with a little bit less trauma. So we love the opportunity to talk about these things ahead of time and give people that opportunity to start to think about those concepts and put them into practice. And I'm really excited um, to hear what everybody's going to share this morning. Well, I think you also bring a, a great perspective, Holly, uh, having been a nurse here for many years, precepted many international nurses. And I love the, what, what you said about an exchange of ideas, because it's not just about what's bigger and better in America. It's also what we can learn from international nurses and how to have that conversation. So, so let's begin the conversation. I would like to start with Cornelia. And um, Cornelia, let's talk about orientation. Can you tell us a little bit about your orientation and how it compared to the orientation you received in the Philippines? And, and was it what you expected? Um, my orientation in here, it was more, we spent about a week, uh, like a discussion with different clinical instructors 
they explained to us how to use the computers, how to use the uh, computer charting. And then after a week, we spent about a month in the hospital shadowing a senior nurse. Uh, we, we, I had a good thing. I had a Filipino preceptor. She let me handle all my patients. She was just, you know, um, on my side, uh, watching me, what I need to do and telling me what's not to do. So it was more the hands-on experience for me. So when I transitioned from, uh, from my preceptorship to being on my own, it wasn't that hard of a change for me. In comparison to my orientation in the Philippines, we spent more time uh, on discussion and less time on shadowing a senior nurse. So it was harder for a nurse to start a job in the hospital because on the first day that you start on your own, it seems like everybody, everything's still, still new. So it was a better orientation here for me. Okay, that's interesting. So I'm glad that you had a good orientation, which is great. Yeah. And it sounds like in the Philippines, it was it, for your experience was more kind of theory based. Yeah, and and here also they will ask you before you go on your own: Are you ready to to work on your own, or do you want to extend your orientation? So you will also have a chance to request. You can request for another month long orientation if you feel like you're not prepared or you're not ready enough so you you also have that choice here if you're not comfortable working on your own can you request for an extension in your training yeah yeah so you can you can extend for uh, another month or another week it depends on you so they will not make you work on your own unless you're prepared enough okay all right so that's that's good to know and i think can probably give some uh, some nurses uh, a lot of comfort um, and also, uh, just to bear in mind, everybody, different hospitals might be different in how they actually structure the orientation. So, Holly, can you talk, talk to us a little bit about different hospitals' orientation programs, how they might differ, and what are some of the best practices that an international nurse might expect? Okay. Because not everybody, sorry, just, sorry to interrupt, Holly, but not everybody, Cornelia had a great experience, but not everybody has that. No. And... And I think it's fair to mention that um, sometimes if you're expecting something, even within the same hospital that Cornelia was at, sometimes different units have different approaches. So what you want to do is prepare yourself as best you can. I'll talk a little bit about that later. But in terms of orientation, there are some common things that we see among facilities. Most facilities have at least one, maybe two weeks of orientation where it's more theory based. Um, it's not all clinical either. So some of it is an introduction to um, what are the company policies? What are the compliance things? What, is, um, what are the um, security issues in terms of being safe on the, on the facility site, um, being safe with the data that's being used? So some of it will be more heavily clinical and some of it will be non-clinical and some of it will be more about the technology. So we find that different facilities have different volumes of the content that's going to come. They also deliver it differently. So many facilities after the pandemic shifted from a more face-to-face -face classroom type of model for a lot of those required trainings into using more online um, training services. So they may actually bring you in, sit you in a classroom with a computer and say, 
I need for you to complete these modules before we move to the next phase of your training. And sometimes that may seem um, a little bit hands off, but we also know that in terms of social distancing and some of the rules for um, being safe during times when the pandemic was at its peak, um, we learned that we could do things differently and still get messaging across that was effective. So what we want to do is ask questions if we're not sure what the content being covered might be telling us or if we're coming away with a message that's unclear. What the hospital assumes is when you are doing those training modules that you are understanding the content. And then if you don't and you go to practice on the unit and you're asked to do something and a concept was being introduced in a module earlier, if those dots weren't connected, then it's time to speak up and advocate for making sure that you do understand the content. The reason for that is ultimately, we are responsible for patients. One of the things that you will hear a lot, and, and it's, a, it's a prideful thing for us, is that in the United States, they survey and have surveyed um, the public for years about what profession is one of the most trusted. And there's always a list that comes out. And um, not surprisingly to me, nurses are often, and I think for many, many years, have been at the top of that list as a very trusted profession. And it's because we do take the time to advocate for the patients that we're taking care of. And that includes trying to address things that we don't understand so that we can go out and practice nursing safely and take care of those patients safely. So once we've had that clinical um, and company orientation, one, maybe two weeks, and you go out into the field with a, um, a senior nurse or a preceptor, the preceptor is often going to be chosen from someone who maybe has longer experience in the facility or someone who is willing to, to teach a nurse or a new nurse or a new hire nurse how to um, practice within that facility. And so they may be prepared or have worked with nurses from overseas before, and they may not have. They may be, um, as, as Cornelia shared, a nurse from the Philippines, which is really awesome. And it may be somebody who's not from the Philippines, not from overseas, has, has never had the opportunity. And what you want to do is keep an open mind yourself. Don't go into it feeling that, you know, because this person hasn't done what I've done, that they might be more judgmental towards me. Because if you do, sometimes that colors your approach. So when you're working with that preceptor, they do expect you to be hands-on. And Cornelia talked about that, doing things, doing things, not just watching and going, okay, I'm going to see them do everything. And then when I'm ready, I'll do it. It's try, try to do as much as you can with the preceptor by your side, safely, of course, so that then when you do get that time where you're asked, are you ready to be on your own? You feel more confident in those things. And while it may be four weeks, it may also be a little bit longer. The important thing is to communicate. Yeah, I think that's really good advice to communicate because different different hospitals might have different orientation programs. Some might be more experienced in helping international nurses and not. Um, and sometimes you find within the same organization, the experience can be different. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. 
Gillian, from your perspective as an international nurse, why would you say the orientation is so important and what was your experience like? Oh my goodness, Tanya, it is the most crucial thing ever. When I think back to when I came from Trinidad and I actually, I moved to Arizona, everything was different for me. Um, first, you know, the culture, the healthcare culture, the culture within the hospital was very different. Um, the equipment was different. There were different medication names. Um, there were so many things like how they contacted the doctors, how they discharged patients, how they admitted patients. So coming from another country into the US, I was able to see both sides and see all the things that were different. And realized, I realized the value of not only the orientation, but a good, a thorough orientation as well. Um, another piece, apart from the actual work, how you care for patients, was communication. That was a huge difference for me as well, Tanya, where naturally I speak very fast. And one of the challenges I had um, when I went to Arizona was that everyone there, they were unfamiliar with my accent. They had never worked with someone from Trinidad before. And I had to slow down one and enunciate more carefully so that even though I have an accent that is never going to change, that is part of me. I am proud of my accent. <laughs> I am proud of my accent, but I needed the doctors over the phone to understand me. I needed my patients who, English was their second language, so I needed them to understand me as well. So I had to really adjust in the orientation, how I communicated, how I spoke, um, and of course, adjust to the practice. So the orientation gave me that time with a preceptor before I was functioning independently and had full responsibility for patient safety. The orientation gave me that time to ask questions of my preceptor, find out what was accepted, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. Um, it really gave me that time to get accustomed to caring from one patient, two patients, three patients. So it gave me the time to, to acclimate to the numbers of patients, the patient load, the different equipment, the medications, the processes and policies and the communication differences as well. So um, the orientation for an international nurse, it is crucial to our success and for us to be able to care for patients safely is what I'd say. Well, that was that was very well said, Gillian. Um, and as another immigrant who came from South Africa, uh, the, on the 4th of July, Independence Day, we'll, I will be here 22 years. I've still proudly got my South African accent as well. <laughs> um, and I see Arlene in the chat is saying the Jamaican accent is very unique too. So I think that really adds a whole nother layer of complexity. There's so much to learn. It's not just um, you know, the way the policies and procedures it's, um, you know, different language, communication styles, technology, uh, cultural difference. There's just so much to learn. And for many international nurses, culturally, it can be hard to be pushing yourself forward and ask questions. 
Cornelia, did you find it difficult to ask questions? I know for many nurses in the Philippines, you taught, you know, to be humble, to be shy, not to be too assertive. What was that like for you? Well, in here, because I was told by um, the nurses that have come here before me that I shouldn't be afraid to ask questions and that they encouraged me to ask questions because your license is on the line. You don't make assumptions. So as much as possible, don't be shy. If you don't know something, go ask and make sure you find the right answer. Yeah, very, very important and very good advice. I'm so glad that you, you said that. Holly, can you talk a little bit about preceptor training? Because we're going to talk now about um, the actual on-the-job training part of it. Yes, so preceptors in the United States often do go through some sort of preceptor training. Um, it may be a series of online modules, like I mentioned before. It may also be some um, specific competencies that they're required to demonstrate so that it, it shows that the, the nurse is going to be comfortable in being a preceptor. That is a best practice. It is not always something that is required at every single hospital before the nurse becomes a preceptor. I would say it's, it's more and more popular. It's more and more formal. Um, and the idea is that, you know, it's, it's not just looking for a nurse who has senior experience. It's also looking for a nurse who has a little bit of that interest in teaching and interest in growing the nurse. Keep in mind that um, a nurse may have worked for 20 years in a setting and may be an excellent nurse, but may not be the, the one who's going to be the preceptor. It may be the nurse who's been a nurse for two, three years in that same um, unit who actually has gone through that training, wants to do that, wants to be a part of growing the team by being a preceptor. Okay, so, you know, it, it sounds to me, Cornelia, that you had a good experience with your preceptor. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And then Jillian, I'm gonna ask you how, what to do if you don't have a good preceptor. <laughs> Go ahead, Cornelia, let's hear from you first on your experience with your preceptor. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get a Filipina preceptor, so there was no language barrier. So if it's just the two of us and I have questions, she will answer me in our language. And she actually did more than what's expected of a preceptor for me. So there are um, interventions that she showed me how to do because it's, it's way different because it's more computer-based in here. So she showed me some of the stuff that was not discussed during the theory-based discussion part of the orientation. So yeah, she was. I was lucky enough to get a Filipino preceptor. Okay, so that can be helpful if you have someone who comes from the same background or nationality. And um, Jillian, what happens if you you don't get? You're not as lucky as Cornelia, or maybe you get a preceptor that doesn't really understand the differences with an international, you know, what an international nurse's background and experience is all about. And we've heard some horror stories of people getting multiple preceptors. Can you talk a little bit about that? What nurses might experience and what to do if they have uh, issues with their preceptor. Right. So that that is something we see coming up from from time to time where, you know, the nurse may not that just may not be someone of your same background on the unit and you may not be as fortunate to get that uh, that kind of support. Still, it, it's good to know that 
a person does not have to be of your same background to be a good preceptor. That's a good um, point. <laughs> but that that aside, if if you are in a situation where you are thinking that you are not getting what you need, I think the first thing to consider is why why do you have the interpretation that you're not getting what you need? So sometimes it may be a personality issue where uh, your personality and the preceptor's personality just may not have been the best match, right? It may be a, a, a practice issue where the preceptor is simply not showing you or guiding you in the way you want to be guided, what you need to be shown, right? So it may be interpersonal, it may be the preceptor skill, that piece may come into play. Um, think and, and determine why, one, is it interpersonal or is it what the preceptor is doing or not doing, right? So that's one, that's kind of the assessment piece. Secondly, once you've decided, okay, what exactly is the real issue here, whether interpersonal or not, I would advise you to make a list. So if you are going to escalate your concern, which you should, it helps when you have concrete uh, ideas written down. That helps guide you when you are speaking to, whether it's your educator or your unit manager, it really helps to guide your thoughts so that you are presenting objective, clear information as to why you are not getting the support that you need from your preceptor. So writing things help, writing it down. Um, and, and just speaking up, because when you think about it, at the end of the day, you will be the one who will ultimately be responsible for caring for patients. And if you remain silent, you are not helping you, you are not helping the patients, you're not helping your organization. So the third piece would be you, you must advocate for yourself. Um, depending on what the uh, uh, arrangement is on your unit, whether you need to make an appointment with your manager or simply walk into her office, that would be the next best thing speak with either your educator or your manager, have your list of items, your list of concerns written down and discuss very clearly, very uh, objectively uh, what you've observed, what was told to you, uh, what you were able to do, what you've not been able to do and what you want as a learner, as a new nurse on this unit and be direct. Ask your educator or manager, how can you help me? Because this is what I need. And I want to be able to take good care of my patients when I'm off of orientation. So I would say the first thing is to think why you're feeling the way you're feeling, whether it's interpersonal and see whether you might need to tailor the communication a little bit. Then note whether it's a practice issue, they're just not teaching you or, or that kind of thing. Write your concerns down and then advocate for yourself with your educator or manager and come out and ask for help. I think those are the main things to, to do. 
great, great feedback and great uh, advice there, Jillian. If you are watching right now and having an experience that's not as good as Cornelia's with your preceptor, this is very practical tips and pointers of how to address that. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week, so make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire, which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.